0: Get lit. Good morning, good evening, and everything in between. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Get Lit, the podcast where we explore famous works of literature and the authors who wrote them. I'm your host Stephanie Spars here with my other host John Stricker. He's getting so good at that, Mm -hmm. Um, who's here tonight on a bribe of chocolate chip cookies that one of my awesome junior students made me um, for Teacher Appreciation Week. So thanks, Alyssa. They were good. Um, They were very good. And uh, folks listening, appreciate your teachers. Write them a note. Make them some cookies. Get them 500 gift cards to Starbucks and stuff. That seems a little bit excessive. Where's Structural Engineering Appreciation Day? Every time a building stands up, hmm. it seems, <laughs> seems empty to me. <laughs> we thank you with our hearts. Yeah, okay. Because Happy we're not teacher dead. appreciation. How week. did you learn how to be a structural engineer? It just came to me in a vision. That's a lie. I know. <laughs> a teacher taught you. It's appreciate true. your teachers. Um, long story short, appreciate your teachers. Um, so this week we are going to be covering um, everyone's very favorite author. Samuel Clements. Yes. Who's that? Mark Twain. Ah, uh, very good. <laughs> more famously known. Um, we'll talk a little bit about his pen names and all kinds of stuff that like that, um, but he has a really exciting and storied life, so uh, buckle up, Buttercups. We're in for a ride. Wow. I'm ready. So... Uh, Samuel Clemens, as he was born, um, was born on November 30th, 1835 in Florida, Missouri. Oh. <laughs> Which is a tiny town in, and winds up growing up in the bustling metropolis of Hannibal. It has a whole 1,000 people in it. Oh my. Um, and it's right on the banks of the Mississippi, so you can see where we're going with that. He is one of six, so he has five other siblings, Unfortunately, two of them die in childhood. Um, So he has his brother Orion, his brother Henry, and his sister Pamela. Um, And they live with their mother and father. Their father, John Clemens, is a storekeeper, lawyer, judge, and land speculator. He's not a particularly warm, friendly, cuddly person, um, but does his best to get money to the family and support the children and the wife that he has. His mother, whose name is Jane, um, is where I think Twain got a lot of his influence from um, because she would tell stories to the kids and kind of was their form of entertainment. And she was known for being very warm um, and very kind, witty, funny person. Um, So I think a lot of his humor might have been derived from that unfortunately, again, um, John, uh, Samuel's father, dies uh, kind of unexpectedly in 1847. So Clemens is 11 at this point. Um, and as a result, the family lived in poverty for most of Samuel's upbringing. Um, at this point in time, Samuel goes to work, as every good 12-year-old does. Oh, my god! Just kidding. They're all freeloaders now. Um oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I was a babysitter when I yeah. was 12. What uh-huh. were you doing? Oh, nothing. No okay. one trusts trust me with their children when I was 12. Freeloader. Yes. Or no. Um... So at 12, he actually, he works as a compositor, um, which is a typesetter. He's an apprentice um, for a newspaper, and that's sort of where he gets his start and his introduction into the wonderful world of literature. Um, So he works throughout uh, several different jobs growing up to support his family. Um, And at 17, his first comedic sketch called The Dandy Frightening the Squatter was published in a gentleman's magazine in Boston. So it might be appropriate here to bring up some of the pseudonyms that Samuel Clemens went under. Obviously, the most famous of those and the one he stuck with for longest in his life is Mark Twain. Uh, But he did have a couple others that he went under. Notably, Thomas Jefferson Snodgrass. Very patriotic American tribute of a name. Snodgrass. (laughs) Um, But my personal favorite was Josh. Wait, that's it? Yeah, just Josh. Dash Josh. Just Josh. Josh. Yep. That's all. Oh, wow. The name Twain actually comes um, from steamship lingo, which I think is sort of interesting. It's a term um, that means that the water is safe for passage on a boat. Um, It's just past the threshold where it's safe and tolerable to go. And so um, knowing, and I'll talk a little bit about the history of Mark Twain's um, adventures on the river, I think that's a pretty appropriate and apt name uh, to choose something like that. So, um, after he kind of grows up and gets to be around 19, um, he and his brother co-manage a newspaper, which fails. Um, I believe that was in Iowa. Um, but Clemens spends a lot of time around now traveling around the East Coast and the Midwest, and he writes a lot of travel publications. Um, he gets his work published in different magazines and newspapers, talking about the different places that he's gone. Definitely part of that armchair travel league. Um, hmm and after this point um he becomes an apprentice on a steamship and he believes that this is how he is going to make his fortune he was sort of captivated throughout his life uh with making fortunes and money and again um for anyone who's read huckleberry finn or tom sawyer very much a thing that these young boys sort of dream of is finding the buried treasure. So Twain thought he would find his treasure on the Mississippi. So he becomes this apprentice. And um, in 1859, he actually gets his own pilot's license for a steamboat, not an airplane, because those don't come around for a while. 1902 or three. Great. One of the two. That's fine. Okay. (laughs) So, because it's not that. So he gets his license for um, a steamship and captains his own boat, but unfortunately something else very pivotal in American history happens during this time, and we know it as the Civil War. (laughs) Um, So this actually shuts down Mississippi travel because that was a major way that people were getting from north to south and that sort of thing. So um, he doesn't get to achieve his fortune on the mississippi and is forced to abandon his pursuits as a steamship captain so he then serves in the confederate army yikes which most people don't know um which i get but he only served for two weeks and then he was like nope lol bye he was not a fan of it and he also um Didn't really care much for war. So, um, in 1861, he moves out to Nevada to prospect for gold and work in timber and silver mining. Um, He thinks all of those things will, again, bring him this fortune, and it also gets him away from the war that is waging in the eastern half of the country. Uh, So, he... Works up in Nevada and is very, very sharp with his pen. Um, As he's working for this newspaper, it gets him into a little bit of trouble with the authorities, so he has to move to California in order to get away from them. Wait, so he's not just panning for silver and gold, but he also works for a newspaper? Yes. Because there's a lot of transferable skills between the two? I believe so. (laughs) You need a sharp eye, right? It's right. <laughs> you need a sharp eye. You have to be good with your hands. you got to find diamonds in the rough, metaphorically and both. And physically. Except yeah. I, how do you get silver? It's an ore. So, But you can't, like, pan for silver. You pan for gold. You, you have to, like, silver. mine silver. Yeah. So he probably was just panning for gold. That was the transferable skill. I, I think see. he had to learn to mine silver separately. Very good. Anywho. Uh, so... Moves to California, um, and then eventually works his way back to the Midwest. Um, at this point in time, he meets a woman named Olivia Langdon, and um, he gets... Um, some dates with her, does apparently well enough to believe he could propose. Um, She rejects him the first time. Ouch. Um, That's okay. They get married. Oh, good. So, but the first proposal winds up getting rejected. Her family, which was sort of this wealthy, you know, middle, upper class, uh, East Coast family people um weren't totally thrilled about this sort of rough and tumble dude rolling in from the west um to take their daughter away so eventually he wins them over the whole family and the girl olivia um and they wind up getting married in 1870 um and they move to hartford connecticut um so uh, mark twain actually spends like a lot of his life on the east coast in the later half of his life which most people don't really associate him or maybe relate him to the east coast writers of this time they think of him really as like this midwest or western writer writing about these open frontiers but he actually did a lot of that writing while he was living in connecticut um fun fact about his life in connecticut he was a neighbor of harriet beecher stowes who wrote uncle tom's cabin whoa right um so were they friends or just neighbors good question They probably had pretty cool dinner parties. It's like, hey, come over here. Let's uh, talk about how we're both writing seminal works of literature that people in the 2000s will read. (laughs) They will study it in high schools. Let's figure out how to torture the students as much as possible. (laughs) How many metaphors can we put in the text? In addition to the writing that he did, um, he has four children. Unfortunately, his son Langdon dies at 19 months old. Um, but his three daughters survive, um, he has Susie, Clara, and Jean, um, and they will all survive to adulthood. Uh, and so Twain spends, he lives a really long time, so he spends the next portion of his life, um, traveling, writing, working, touring. Um, he publishes Tom Sawyer in 1876. Uh, this will then become the most famous novel that he, uh, will write, Um, And it gets mixed reviews, as most books at the time do. Um, Some people love it, some people hate it. He spends a lot of summers at a place called Quarry Farm, which is his sister-in-law's house. Um, Her name is Susan. And she, um, they spend like 20 summers there. Every summer they go to this Quarry house and they sort of like retreat, whatever. And they were there so often that Susan actually put in a specific room for Twain so he could write, which is really nice. Um, The subtext, however, of that is, is that Twain was a notorious cigar smoker. And she didn't want him smoking in the house. So she built Built him like his own room basically to like keep him out. I mean, he must have known. But it's like, like oh, who cares? Oh, thank you. i want to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why he smoked actually. Just yes. To get that room. Long time. Um, right? Yeah. It was the, he played a long game. So um, he continues to write and he writes a bunch of short stories, he continues writing articles, he writes novels and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, And then uh, Huck Finn, Huckleberry Finn, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn is published in 1884, actually first in the UK. And then it comes over to the United States and gets published over here. Um, And from the late 1880s um, until the 1900s or so, um, he actually takes up a bunch of speaking engagements. So it was very popular for authors during this time period to go on tour, just like they do now, um, and give talks about their work. Um, And people would attend these lectures and and these readings. Authors a lot of time would read from their books um, and and speak about their work that they we're creating. And so he gets a lot of engagements doing that. But in addition to that, he also does some stand up comedy, which (laughs) I didn't know until I did this research. But, yeah, he has his moments where he does stand-up comedy. Twain is obviously known as a humorist. um, But I never knew that it was live and in person. I thought it was always just he was a a satirist, a humorist on the page. But it turns out he actually toured and did his own stand-up comedy. Could you imagine going on before Mark Twain? It's like, all right, everyone have a hand. Now Mark Twain. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just sit down. Um, That's fine. Netflix would go crazy. There'd be so many specials. So many specials. specials. Um, Probably zero specials but that's okay um very witty very intellectual humor and um so he does that in tours um unfortunately i feel like that's like every five seconds yeah it's like, there's a lot of tragedy right bitterness and tragedy um which i think kind of weave their way into his novels which um one of the arguments that scholars make particularly about the adventures of huckleberry finn is that it has no plot um Twain even writes in the sort of this note at the beginning of the book that those who try to find a plot will be shot kind of thing, which I think is really funny. <laughs> um, but a lot of the, the sort of moments mix humor and these sort of ridiculous childhood adventures with these really sort of dark, tragic or violent moments. And a lot of that was because of his upbringing on the Mississippi. Um, he actually witnessed when he was quite young, I think like 10 years old or something, um, a man murder another man. Oh my. Um, so it's it's one of those things where like oh wow that probably had a deep impact on him um, including this next tragedy so um, his daughter Susie unfortunately dies in 1896 um, and this has a deep impact on him and his wife um, they continue they move on uh, but then his wife dies Olivia dies in 1905 and this really is devastating to Twain um, he gets really cranky like notably bitter he was known in the later part of his life, like the last 10 years or so, um, as like this sort of curmudgeonly old grumpy man um, because of the bitterness associated with his family's deaths. So sad. Um, but he does uh, continue working and writing and doing things like that um, until his daughter Jean's death. So now he's down two daughters, a son and a wife. Oh. Um, he also, I forgot to mention this. His, his brother died when he was growing up. One of his brothers dies um, in an accident. So that also had a big impact on his life as well. Um, so Gene dies in 1909. And then um, April 21st of 1910, Mark Twain, Samuel Clements, has a heart attack um, and dies in Reading, Connecticut, Um, during that time. The cool myth, however, surrounding his death, which I think is sort of fun, um, is that in 1935, when Mark Twain was born, Halley's Comet came to the United States and passed over Earth, something that everyone was looking at and talking about. Mm. Um, Twain kind of, I guess, realized that he was reaching the end of his life, because um, while looking at a calendar, he realized that Halley's Comet would again be most visible by Earth, right around that time. And so he said he would be really disappointed if he came in with Haley's Comet, but didn't go out with it. And indeed the day uh, he died, the day after Haley's Comet was the brightest in the sky in view from earth. So he came in with the Comet and without with the Comet. That's a poetic way to go. Isn't that great? Yes. Um, so sort of this beautiful poetic ending to uh, Samuel Clemens's life which obviously has had a huge impact on American literature. Um, He's buried with his entire family um, in Elmira, New York, and you can go see their graves today. They're all still there. Um, But Twain was really known for his work in naturalism and sort of exposing the common everyday man uh, to what was real. Uh, people sort of really became interested in reading his work because they were very truthful portraits of American society. And sort of prior to that, you get these very sensational travel novels where people are living and learning about exotic things that they might not ever be able to see being in the circumstances that they were. Um, But Twain sort of shifts this or begins, you know, the work to shift this to pay attention to the everyday man, or the person who maybe wasn't extraordinary and was living poor life or um, a life that wasn't as advantage or exotic as some of the other things that people had been writing before. And so I think, um, although Twain did write about this, he really had an extraordinary life. But maybe, you know, there's something extraordinary in the ordinary that we get to see um, is is sort of the magic behind the everyday individual. Um, So that's kind of a, a nice quick introduction for all of you. To Mark Twain, aka Samuel Clements. Good trivia fact, by the way, students. Um, If anybody asks you who your favorite author is, you can say, Samuel Clements. And when people go, oh, what did he write? You can say, It was Mark Dwayne. Hmm. He wrote Huckleberry, but um, he wrote Tom Sawyer. Or, um, oh, the jumping, what's the jumping frog one? The jumping jumping frogs frogs of Jefferson County. I thought it was Calaveras. It might be Calaveras County. We'll Google it and get back to you guys. That's where you find the answers to everything, Um, is Google or your teacher, because clearly we have all the answers. um so next week we're actually going to switch sides um, John is going to lead us through an exploration um, of one of his famous and favorite authors and uh, someone who is actually quite connected in a lot of ways I think to Mark Twain which will be really exciting and cool um, so website is up and live feel free to go check it out it's get litpodcast.com uh, and then we're also obviously still on Twitter and we're still on Instagram um, and looking at doing some Kind of merch, maybe some like stickers or some bags or something, um, like canvas bags that look cool. You can show it off to all your friends yes get lit get lit um so we'll keep you guys posted on that but again please feel free to invite yourself to become part of our conversations reach out to us let us know how we're doing what we're doing um if you like it if you want us to try something else or suggest an author we're always happy to take a look at those um so we really appreciate your support it's been a lot of fun thanks for listening yeah so thank you and again as always for keeping it lit